It is good to be back in God's house. Amen. Amen. I want to thank Brother Jim for extending and letting us borrow the pulpit for this evening. It's hard for a pastor to do, let someone else in the pulpit. But we thank him, and I've heard it's already been a great success. And tonight, I hope and pray you listen to God's words. Because tonight, we're going to talk about one of the most powerful men that's ever walked this face of earth other than the Lord Jesus Christ. The question is today, can you be a Paul or do you want to be an Ananias? The title of the sermon tonight is The Difference of Two Men in One. Two Men in One. If you would turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 9, a very familiar passage, but we need to look at what God wants us to see tonight and understand the life of Saul and Paul. Because we were all once a Saul, and we became the Lord Jesus Christ, we became a Paul. And that's the beauty of it. Even though in his treacherous ways, in his early religion, not knowing God, he knew of God in his religion, in his study in Jerusalem, for all those many years, he did not know God. People today will tell you, I know about Jesus. I've heard about Jesus. I've even been to church. That's good. But you've got to know God as your personal Savior to see heaven for all eternity. If we would look in verse 4, well, I'll tell you what, we'll just start in verse 3. And I apologize because I left my big print Bible at church this morning. Uh, But anyway, we will try to get through this. As he journeyed, he came near to Damascus, and suddenly, suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Listen to what Paul said. And he said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you persecute. It is hard for you to kick against the gold. So he trembled and astonished and and said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And when the men that journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. And Saul arose from the ground and went, with his eyes were open, and he saw no one. But he was led by hand and brought into Damascus, and there three days without sight, and neither ate or drank. Now listen to this. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. You know the difference. Ananias says, Here I am, Lord. Saul says, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go to the street called Straight. And by the way, that street in Jerusalem, in Damascus, is still called Straight as we speak today. And inquire in the house of Judas, and one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. Notice that you might, if you got your Bible, I don't mind you marking your Bible. I think it's a great thing to do. You need to highlight Paul, or Saul, at the time was praying. The first time he truly began to pray, To the Lord Jesus Christ. 
because he found out who he was and he was in prayer. And in the vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming and putting his hand on him that he may receive his sight. And Ananias said, Lord, I have heard many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has the authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. Listen to what God said. But the Lord said unto him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For it shall show him many things he must suffer in my name's sake. Shall we pray? Our gracious Heavenly Father, Father, we thank you so much for your words. We thank you, Lord, they, they breathe the breath of life in us each and every day as we go forward. Father, tonight, what can we learn about Paul other than the things we've been taught all of our life in church? But, Father, we need to look in the inside of the man that you created, that you formed, and that you sent out in the church age to continue, to continue to preach and teach the true gospel of you and you alone. We thank you for the honor that we can read your words tonight. And I'm asking that you put a blessing upon each and every one here tonight. And Father, we're asking for a special blessing of a double blessing of grace. In your name we pray. Amen. What can we learn from the life of Paul? That's the question that you and I need to ask ourselves. What can we learn? Because God gave us this Bible to learn and to grow spiritually and to mold our character into the will of God. <clears throat> so, what can we learn from Paul? Who was Paul? Now, if you go to modern-day Turkey, if you, I was looking over there and I saw a sign that said Turkey over there. If you go to the southeast corner of Turkey today, that's where you would find where Saul grew up at. Still exists today. I'm not going to get into a big history buff. Matter of fact, I printed out all the things that mentioned Paul's name in the New Testament and my printer ran out of ink. So by the way, that's going to cost somebody in here about $45. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but let me tell you something. You too can write your own history for the kingdom of God and you can be the voice as Paul and a testimony as Paul if you're willing to walk the road that Paul walked on. Let me tell you this. Here was a man. You've got to give him credit. Saul was very, very diligent about what he was going to do. He had the authority of the Sanhedrin. He was in line of 71 men in the Sanhedrin authority who studied the law. He was in line. And he would probably have been the chief priest. But you see, God had other plans. He knew the law. He knew of a God. But he didn't know a God personally until that road on Damascus. Let me tell you something. Jesus was waiting for him till he hit that particular stone and then Jesus appeared to him. Sometimes we have to be in total darkness in order to see what God wants us to be. He put Paul in darkness. said, now I got your attention and now you're going to listen to me for three days. But I'm not going to make you choose but I'm going to present my will to you, and you have to make the choice. God will not choose your path. He will give you the path of righteousness and the path of, that we need to walk down and the bright light. 
but he will not make you or force you to do anything against your will. Paul had that same opportunity. <clears throat> I'm telling you, Brother Jim, I know more about Paul than I ever cared to know about him again. I was going to call you up and ask you, how do you come up with these names? Who you were going to give what to? But you know what? It's not Jim. It's God leading him. And I believe in all my heart because each one of us who came in here so far and will come after me will preach God's man's name to you and tell you what kind of servant he was in a different voice and a different likeness because we're all made different, but we're all in one in Christ. That's the beauty of it. Listen, a renowned German scholar once declared, there is no single person since Neil's day that has left such a permanent mark on the souls of men as Paul, the new man. Today, we cannot get away from Paul because Jesus designed it that way that we would continue to grow and through Paul's example. You remember Paul said, if you need an example to follow, follow my example. He wasn't boasting how good he was. He's saying, I have walked that path. I have gone through those hurts. I've gone through them trials. I've gone through them I know what you're going through so you can follow these examples and you will come out a better person for the kingdom of God if you grow through the storm. That's the beauty of it. Now, Paul's early life was marked by Religious zeal. And I say religious, that's what he was. He was a religious Sanhedrin headed for hell. All the knowledge in the world about God, but he didn't know God personally. But you see, God had him build up all that knowledge, and he was going to turn it around as he did Moses. He had to strip him down, turn him around, and then he was able to send him out to preach the gospel and teach and to establish churches. And not only did he establish churches, he maintained contact with those churches that he would make sure they would continue following the true doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ. He not only made disciples, he molded disciples in the image of Jesus. Now, I can't tell you what that cloud said. I can't tell you if Paul saw Jesus. But I'm going to tell you my personal opinion, okay? You got it, it's coming. It's not going to charge you one thing for it. I believe that Jesus appeared to Paul and he saw the image of the Lord Jesus Christ who he spoke to him face to face and the three that accompanied him, well, more than three, around him did not see a thing other than heard a voice. They were astonished, they were afraid and didn't know what to do with themselves, but Paul did. Because Paul recognized for the first time in his life he was in the presence of deity forevermore. And he knew that when God commanded this, he knew who God finally was. What will you have me to do? I'm going to send you to a little street. I'm going to put you in a house. You're going to be blind for three days. But the beauty of it was God not only, listen what happened just in three days. Paul was praying to Jesus. God gave him a vision, told him who was coming to the house. He knew him by name, never laid eyes on him before, but he knew his name and he was going to lay hands on him. He received his sight. All this transpired in 72 hours. The power of God. And then when Paul got his vision, he went out back into the Macus, into the Jews, 
And we have no recorded record of his success because they were ready to kill him and stone him. So what did he do? Ready for this? He went to Arabia for about three and a half years. We have no account what happened in those three and a half years, but let me tell you my personal opinion. Prayer, 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 and prayer. Communication, communications, with communications, what can I do for you, God? This vessel has been turned around. Now this vessel was empty, and now it's been filled with the anointing all of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to send you back out when you're ready. See, Paul jumped the gun a little bit because that's Paul. He jumped the gun. But God put him around for three and a half years. There's that three and a half years again, okay? Number three is a big number in the Bible. So there again, Paul was in solitude, studying and meditating to God and God alone. All those things he learned in the synagogues. And all the schooling he had, it was finally coming to light because now he knew the master. And that master was enlightening him in what he is done. See, God don't waste anything. He doesn't waste anything. Trivia question for you. Who changed Saul's name? The Lord Jesus, every time he addressed Saul, he said, Saul, Saul. Jesus did not change Saul's name. Saul himself changed his name to Paul as he took the Roman name from Saul, which is Paul, as he started becoming a new man. So Saul changed his name, trying to avoid and to eliminate the difference between the old Saul and the newness in Christ, the new man Paul, as he began his journey. That was just a freebie, okay? Today's society, we look at terrorists around the world. Well, let me tell you, the biggest terrorist in the history of the Bible was Saul. I call him Saul the terrorist. But then I call Paul the apostle of grace. They're two different. And I started thinking about this this week. We would continue to kind of brushing it up. I realized one thing, that I was a Saul. Headed for hell... But through the love of Jesus, I didn't have that dramatic experience of the bright, beautiful lights. But I had the conversion of accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I become that new creature in Christ and Christ alone, sealed with the blood of Calvary on the Lamb's Book of Life. What can I tell you about Paul that you don't know? I'm not going to tell you he wrote most of the New Testament, even his protégés, the ones he has trained and his disciples and the church he started, they quoted Paul throughout their writings. But I'm here to tell you today, we need to look at the patience of Paul. Paul had patience? Absolutely. First of all, Paul was never still for three days for 72 hours. It started as soon as he met Jesus. Jesus started instructing him and teaching him patience. Because he was going to need patience because Jesus already knew he was going to spend years and years upon years in prisons throughout the region. He had to have patience. And all the roads and stuff that came to him and up and down, even the shipwrecks and stuff, put him on where he wanted to go. He couldn't always go because God has said, you've got to have patience and wait on the me. You know, Peter said, 
be whole. We have given everything up to follow you. Paul has given everything up to follow Jesus Christ and set an example that you and I can follow today. Paul has a beautiful handwriting that it came from God, illustrated by the Lord Jesus Christ through Paul. Patience. It's not an easy thing to understand, but Paul went through those tribulations and those trials, and through those trials, patience came a virtue to him. He was going to rely on that patience through his virtue that the Lord Jesus Christ would get him through those dark days coming. I believe in my heart in those three years in Arabia where he spent, I believe that God showed him the multiple things that he was going to go through. But being who Paul was, he says, I'll take the challenge because it's for you, God. He had a new master. He didn't have a man telling him what to do. He had the living God saying, be in my servant and I will show you these things. What a wonderful testimony Paul had. He was a patient man. The Jews sought to kill him because they didn't know what to do. Ananias said, I'll paraphrase this one. I love Ananias. He said, Lord, wait a minute. You want me to go do what? This man is evil. This man is absolutely, he killed Christians. He killed women. He kills children. He imprisoned people. And you want me to do what? You want me to go pray for this man? Lay my hands on him? God didn't argue. It wasn't no debate. God said, go. Go thy way. Go what I do and tell you what I do, and then you will take care of it. And Ananias was blessed what he did for the kingdom of God. He was the first person to lay hands on the new man, Paul. Are you Paul today? Or are you Saul? He was a humble man. Paul being humble? Very much so. When Paul decided to give everything to God, he put everything aside and said, I am going to humble myself before God. I'm going to be the servant. It tells us in Acts, it says, the serving of the Lord with all humility of mind, and that many tears and temptations which befall me by the lying in wait of the Jews. He didn't worry about it. That's in Acts 20. If you want to know the rest of Paul and find out all the characteristics of Paul, go to Acts 20 and read the whole chapter. And you'll see the different things I'm talking about today. He was a humble man. He had a servant heart. The question today is, do you have a servant heart for the kingdom of God? I'm not talking about coming on church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, vacation Bible school. It's outside of these walls that God wants to see you work. The servant heart. Paul didn't stay in the synagogue. He went around the countryside going to places that he knew that he was not welcome, but it didn't deter him. He went with the kingdom of God and the authority of God, not man, and God blessed him and protected him through his ministry for the kingdom of God. I'm here to tell you today, he had a servant heart, and we need to understand and look at Paul and have that same servant heart. He was committed. Are you and I committed today to serve Jesus at any level? Are you willing to pick up and move across country to establish another church for the kingdom of God? Will you go to that person that you know that, that you may be afraid of? That person may just be a very violent, mean person. And it could be a male, excuse me ladies, it could be a female. But you've got to understand when God says you to go, you to go. 
because he wouldn't send you unprepared and he would not put his hands around you and send you in harm's way when you're doing the kingdom's work, the Lord Jesus Christ. We must be committed to reading God's words on a daily basis, studying God's words. Let me tell you something. I tell our church all the time, you can take God's precious words and you can put it on your pillow at night and you can sleep on it. This stuff don't ooze in your head at night. It doesn't work. I tried that in high school in a history test, and I bombed that thing all the way up. Because <laughs> one of my friends told me, just put it on your pillow, and you'll sleep on it, and it'll, it'll, it, you'll know it all. Well, I knew nothing. The point is this. When we're committed reading God's words, that puts us in unique fellowship with God. Because now we're cleansed our hearts, and we're ready to receive what God has us to do each and every day. So we need to be committed as Paul was committed. He was devoted to teaching God's words regardless of the venue. He didn't care. He was going to preach and teach the word of God. You have that same opportunity as Paul does to teach and preach. How can I do it? Simply by opening your mouth and saying, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? And when they can't reply, then you say, well, let me tell you about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You take the ball and you present Jesus to them and you tell them, as Paul was committed to do. He went everywhere. He, had, he was compassionate. He had a heart for God's people. Because he would not have gone to all these places and started and established churches and molded people to come in and teach and preach the Word of God. And he would not have kept up with the churches if he didn't care about people. He wanted people to know Jesus the way that he knows Jesus. He had a compassion, and he was committed to the love of Christ. And I'm telling you today, America, I am ashamed of the United States of America where we have denounced God in this country. We need to stand back on the principle of God. When's the last time you heard anybody say, you live where? Oh, you live in the Bible Belt. Most of you said, what are you talking about the Bible Belt? In the old days, as you were from the south, they said you lived in the, in, from Mississippi to the east coast up to about the Mexican line. You were considered the Bible Belt because there were churches on every corner. There's churches on every corner, but they're closing at alarming rate. People's not committed. Young people scare me. They have the, if it doesn't work, we'll just leave it alone attitude. Let me tell you something. It will never work for you in anything you do if you don't know Jesus. We've got to have that spirit-led feeling. And I'm here to tell you today, when you see these young people sitting over here, I swear they usually sit over here, I think, on Sunday morning. Don't go in that section because they'll tell you, this is us. You old folks, this way. But it's good to see young people in God's house because that is the next generation. And if we don't feed and teach them the Word of God... They're going to let the streets teach them and there's going to be blasphemy to the word of God and it's going to be nothing but false religion. Religion will send people to hell today. Only the gospel of Jesus Christ will save and Paul knew it best. Paul knew he was headed for hell. But thank God, he was just molding him. He was just waiting for the right time on that road, dusty road. And he says, now Saul, I got you. This is what I want you to do. Will you do it? It was no question what Paul was going to do. When God asked you something, it should be no question what you need to do. You need to serve. 
a spirit-led life. Teach people. Everybody knows Target. My wife really knows Target. I like Target myself when I get to go there with her because I get that special, that drinking popcorn. And long as I got popcorn, I'm okay. I'll push that buggy all day. But when the popcorn runs out, I'm ready to go to the car and go home. But Target's got that bullseye. If you proclaim to be a child of God, you've denoted to the world and put a target on your back. When you put that target on your back, my friend, smile. Because you are a walking testimony, just like Paul was, for the kingdom of God. And it's what you present, what people will know about Jesus through you. Follow my example, as Paul said. Fearless. Paul had fear in his life. Many times, in prison, going to a situation, God told him, fear not. Fear not. He was fearless because he knew that Jesus was going to be with him and preparing the way. He knew there may be trouble coming, but he knew that Jesus had it covered. I'm here to tell you today, what do you fear other than fear itself? You need to look and see what fear really means. It derives you and I of a fellowship with God because we're scared to do something that we may offend. Thank you, Brother Keith, by telling the world. I'm going to tell you something. We need to sing and preach about the blood because without that, we wouldn't be going to heaven. I'm here to tell you today, <coughs> I'd rather offend people, make people mad, and tell them the truth. They'll have a chance to get to heaven than tell them something just to make them feel good and watch them go to hell. Brother Jim will tell you, every time he preaches the message, it's got to be on the authority of God or when it gets tried by fire, it will be destroyed if it's not of the God's will. He's held accountable. That's why you need to pray for Brother Jim and his wife, Randy. I'm here to tell you today, Paul had people praying for him. Paul had people praying for him because they realized the transformation that when God turns you around, there's a light, there's a beacon, and you need to be that beacon as you bring those ships home to Jesus. You can't save a soul. Billy Graham never saved a soul in his life, but he led millions to the altar. He, he was a visionary. He had a vision for the kingdom of God to go out and plant churches around the world because people needed to hear the word of God. People weren't going to travel a four-day journey to the synagogue. So Paul had a visionary from the word of God saying, build churches and build people inside the churches and make them disciples. And teach them my words. And Paul did that because he was a visionary. I like what Brother Jim said earlier. He said, we appreciate people giving because we want to do more this year. That's a visionary. He's got a vision to go out and reach and to teach and to touch other people that you may never see. It's in another continent. It doesn't matter. But by your giving, you're able to bless someone less fortunate than you and you can use it wisely I'm going to tell you something if we quit being missionaries we're going to roll up and die I'm telling you continue to fight for the kingdom of God he was a shepherd he invested in people 
Brother Jim is your shepherd at Miles Road Baptist Church. The great shepherd one day we'll all see. Oh, what a great day. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait when we cross that Jordan. But I'm here to tell you today, you need to pray for your shepherd because he invests in you that you will be everything God wants you to be. You see, you can be held accountable for everything you do as well. Well, Brother Jim didn't teach me that, Lord, when I was in church. Let me tell you something. Brother Jim's going to preach what God lays on his heart. It's up to you as his children to study his words and to grow and be ready and hold him accountable to the Word of God. That's what we need to do. People bring your Bibles to church. One thing I like about Miles Road, I see a lot of paper being spent and people writing on it. That what well, it's a blessing to see people taking notes and going home and studying them. I'm here to tell you today, God bless you. He was a shepherd developed. He developed disciples for the kingdom of God. He was a realistic. He was a mighty warrior, not because he was strong. He was stubborn at times. But he was a warrior for one person and one person only, the kingdom of God. Paul didn't exist anymore because he says, I'm a warrior for the kingdom of God, and I'm going to fight every battle. And when my time's over with, I have finished my course. Paul preached his own funeral before he ever passed away. Because of one thing, he knew God was in control. I love what he said. I'm torn between staying and going. It's not a human in this world that's not torn about staying and going to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we have loved ones. And we want to be a part of their life. I got grandchildren. I got, grand, I got, I got three daughters. I got grandchildren. I want to be a part of their life. I got, oh, by the way, we got our fourth on the way. Amen. Amen. Only thing about, about that, she lives in Greenwood. That's going to be a lot of road trips. I know about 3 o'clock in the morning one time she's going to call her mom and say, Mom, I need you. We're going to be on the road by 3.15 heading to Greenwood. That's okay. Let me tell you something. When you need, God is always there. When you need him, you cry out and let him hold you. Let him embrace you. Because Paul understood being embraced by God Almighty because he physically saw him in that cloud or that light. That's why they say there's no sun or moon in heaven because we don't need it because the brilliant light of God will illuminate heaven. So I believe that same light that we, get a, we will see one day, we get a little bit glimpse of it here in the New Testament as Jesus appeared to Saul. I'm here to tell you today, what light are you following today? What light do you want to follow? I'm here to tell you today, we need to understand. Listen, Paul was not greedy. He was not lazy. I'm going to get in trouble, but I'm going to say it. We have enough lazy Christians in the world today. Get off and get these busy. Well, I can't do physical things. Yeah, but you can pray. You can pray for every member of this church on your prayer list. All these beautiful banners that you represent by giving and helping. You can pray. You can pick up the phone and call someone and say, hey, we missed you Sunday. Just want to say, hey, we love you. We love you. Didn't God say, I love you? 
Why can't we tell our brothers and sisters that we love them? You can be a part. Don't be lazy and be responsible as Paul was. Paul took everything that God gave him and he held it. He said, I'm going to be responsible for preaching and teaching and restoring God's words, the true word, not false religion. Be responsible. And giving is not only about giving money, but it's giving your time and your talents. Ladies, I enjoyed hearing you sing. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Thank you for the beautiful special. You know, it's, I'm not supposed to be jealous, and I'm not. I'm proud of you guys. Y'all got so much talent in this church, it just makes me... <laughs> but anyway, God bless, because people are willing to share the talent that God gives them. And let me tell you something, whether it's through Brother Jim's preaching, whether it's through special music, when special music soothes the soul, it makes it easy for Brother Jim to deliver God's message. Paul didn't have that music entourage following him around. He had to stand only in the Word of God. And he gave everything he had. He gave his best. And let me tell you something, my personal opinion, Paul became the best prayer warrior that the New Testament has ever known. The best prayer warrior. Can you be a Paul? Everything in here is described. God gives you same the ability. Where will you be in heaven? Where will you be in heaven? Paul is amazing individual that God created. Listen, God created for his purpose and his service. But he's not Jesus. God is our Lord and Savior. Paul was just a vessel. And I like how God denoted he is a chosen vessel. You are a chosen vessel tonight to do the same works as Paul. Help the kingdom of God grow because I'm telling you, we're in a dogmatic fight against Satan in this secular world. But one thing for sure, God said I'm victorious. And it ain't going to place till I call you home. And we are the salt of the earth. Paul became that salt. Follow that example and be bold. Become that new man or new woman for the kingdom of God as Paul became. Let us pray. Our glorious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words tonight. Father, we thank you for understanding that Paul was a unique individual that, Father, you had to strip down. You had to mold him back and build him back up to where that he could go out and do your bidding. God, you have given us that same opportunity. You have stripped us. And now you have continued to let us grow spiritually in thy worth and thy kingdom. Father, let's don't hoard what you've taught us and what we've learned. Let us go out and share it into the streets, into the highways, into the hedges. Beat the bushes. Tell people about Jesus. And Father, just maybe, just maybe one soul will be saved. Father, you know the biggest question is, when are you coming? The biggest question we should say is, God, will you give us enough time more to spread the great news? Because one day, we're going to be called home as Paul was brought home. But Father, while we're here, give us the ability, give us the love, and let it be spirit-led from you and you alone to do your bidding. Let us be the servant that we need to be.
God, I pray with all my heart that you will put your hands upon America again. I pray that if people will awaken and cry out as they did in Moses' day, and you will hear the cries, and you will intervene. And God, we only say thank you for the opportunity tonight to share your word with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We love you, Lord, and thank you for all your blessings today and what you will give us tomorrow. If you grant us tomorrow, we thank you for the miracle. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.